This meeting is being recorded. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, talking with a 10-year veteran of Wall Street. How you doing, Taylor? Doing great. Thanks for always having me. This is so much fun. Oh, I do. I have, I have a blast every time. I have no idea if anybody watches our videos, but at least I have a good time. And we have no idea what each other are going to say. We just go no. back and forth and rant and rave, and it seems to work out. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, something I wanted to talk to you about, because um, you know, you've, you've, you've traded money, ran money before, is... I guess I'll ask it this way first. How important is following, at least at some level, what is going on in China, uh, you know, the second largest economy out there? Um, historically speaking, has this been something you watched? You don't really care? You know, tell me about how you consider China. Oh, I mean, economics at the end of the day are what drives markets and, you know, stocks, et cetera, being very small pieces of those markets. But mm. nonetheless, economics are what drive it from a top-down perspective. And to your point, the second largest economy in the world is China, and they are this blossoming, or have been throughout the past decade or so, two decades, have been this blossoming middle, cap, middle class that's driven yeah. so much in the way of demand, et cetera. They're obviously a huge labor supply to the world. Um, they are hugely, hugely impactful and a piece of the supply chain to the entire globe. Hugely yeah. important. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree, right? It's It's especially as I've always looked at them casually as kind of the, the right or wrong to me, they've always been kind of that manufacturing engine, right? As I was yep. coming up, they were like the cheap labor. Now, obviously it's gone elsewhere as middle class has come up, but now let's fast forward to 2022 and China. I, I got to tell you, I look at some of the, and again, their command and control central, you know, central planning, all of that stuff. President Xi, Xi Jinping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Xi, Xi Jinping. He has made some, very interesting decisions that I think has crushed the middle class, crushed the economy. And frankly, he's up for his 10-year leadership later this year. I mean, he, whether it's COVID or, or what he's done to the real estate market or what he's done to the stock market, I don't know where you want to go first. We're going to talk about all three. But I don't think we, the rest of the world, have fully felt the impact of China going backwards. I think they're retreating from what you said, the blossoming economy. I think they're going backwards, man. No doubt, no doubt. His predecessor, and I'm, his name is escaping me, but his predecessor was much more of an open economy thinker. Um, Xi Jinping is much more of a nationalist. And so he is a, let's close the doors, let's focus in, internally, internally on how we're going to run the economy. And he does not like capitalism. So no. think about old Cold War days, like things are playing out in the same function where you see China taking a step massively in one direction. Obviously, Russia is along their side. Mm -hmm. And then the Western world is shifting the other way and diabolically different views yeah. on the world. I mean, look at Jack Ma. So yes. Jack Ma. <laughs> well, exactly. So, so he, he steps up and makes some comments against the government more in a capitalistic tone. And he goes missing for six months. Yeah. What happened to Jack Ma? Where is he? He's gone. And he resurfaces six months later. And so, I mean, their tone is obviously very much so towards the government centric ran, ran economy than that of everything that we're used to seeing. Yeah. I think it's called the greater society or uh, again, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it, I think that is their moniker is Bas yeah. basically everybody, everybody goes up. There's not the you know, the 1% as we would call it here in the States. So correct. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty interesting to watch. And again, I, they've gone backwards in so many. So I think they're a punishing entrepreneurship. I think that is happening. Would you agree with that statement? 
Oh, I, I, I mean, case in point, look at Jack Ma again. Yeah. <laughs> he speaks out and, and talks about the, the efficiencies of capitalism and the ability for people to fight for a better life for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to go back to the Adam Smith conversations, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, everything comes from the person in a capitalistic society ability to make their own way and make outsized growth based mm -hmm. upon that is really what spurs on innovation and growth. And that's why our country has been the economic leader that it has been. Yeah. Whereas others have taken another approach. We want to share wealth. And um, I, I hate to say it, and this is, I'm not hugely political one way or the other, but you cannot point to an economy and say, here is a really good case in point for socialism or uh, you know, communism, whatever it might be, fascism, whatever extreme mm -hmm. you want to look at. Here's a great point as to how this works. Yeah. You can't find one. Well, again, in the moment the decision is made to punish entrepreneurship, it may feel good. It's kind of like rent control. Yeah, it feels good the first couple of years, but there's all these other impacts. So what does this mean for China? It means all of the entrepreneurs, the future innovators are going to leave. They're going to flee. Some legally, some will just get out any way they can. So you're going to see China not be the innovation engine they've been the last couple of decades. And that will have ramifications without question. And unfortunately for them, a knock-on effect of that is they might then become the low-cost labor supplier for the world instead. Again, right. They may go backwards. Second, they have chosen to punish. Uh, so I've actually been to China. My wife is from Taiwan. We have family over there. So I've been there. I visited. Uh, they had a couple of decades of building basically ghost cities. I have been there. I have been in a 20 or 30-story building that looks finished from the outside, that is concrete on the inside. No wiring, no plumbing, nothing. Uh, so they have chosen to uh, redline lenders and home builders, and they've essentially crushed real estate. I believe their real estate prices are falling now that's not being reported. Transactions are certainly falling. Uh, Chinese don't have 401ks. They don't have pensions per se, except in the government. Um, for most families, it was a lifetime of savings and they bought a home. If they were lucky enough, they bought two. That second home was not a rental. It was a savings account. They didn't rent them out. They didn't, they didn't finish them. It was their asset that that would take care of them in retirement. And they've just destroyed them. They just destroyed the middle class. And we saw this six months ago in a very early Starbucks report where they stopped buying Starbucks coffee, followed on by a Nike report or they stopped, followed on by quarters later, the same thing. So their consumers uh, are retrenching like never before. I believe the Chinese economy will have a negative, not 4% growth, which is unheard of low for them. I think it might go negative, but they won't report it. Because again- I was going to say, you aren't going to see it. No, you're not going to see it. It won't be reported, but it's happening uh, over there. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the thing with with Chinese economic data is that you've always had to fine tooth comb it because oh, yeah. you can't just take it at face value. They say they grow about eight nine percent, etc. And when you start to back things out and look at things from the accounting perspective that we do, it's yeah. like it looks a lot like five and a half percent to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very that's a very interesting interpretation of the general ledger. Yeah. So do uh, they, just out of curiosity, when you were there and you were in these buildings or, or one of the buildings, whatever it may be, do they try to keep people out of them? Is this something oh, they for try sure. to keep yeah. a yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, so again, my wife speaks the language. We have friends and family there, right? So we, we were sure. given, I don't know, I don't know if it was behind the scenes look, but we were taken where we shouldn't have gone. We were foreigners. We right. probably shouldn't have been there. And it right. was, it was, it was, it, 
I mean, I've never been to Chernobyl, but I've seen the pictures where it's like, a, like, like there's a park yeah. and there's like toys laying. It's kind of felt like that. It's like, I'm, it's, this is, this is, it was really, really weird. And it, and it doesn't look like Mariupol in, in Russia right now because no. it's not bombed out. It no, looks it's just, actually relatively nice. It's just a ghost town. It looks, I mean, from the outside, it could have been New York City. As soon as you wow. got past the skin, it was like, they're like 40% done. There's a lot left wow. to do. That's got to be an eerie, eerie feeling. Oh, it, was, it was bananas. It was weird. It was weird. So again, I think, I think China, again, I think we're going to see a worldwide recession, uh, meaning worldwide negative GDP growth as we sock out uh, dollars, right? Because again, the, uh, the uh, central banks from around the world pumped about $2 trillion into the market yep. in 2021. This year, it's estimated that World Banks will extract half a billion. However, yep. that's a $2.5 trillion swing. Right. That's got to come out of somewhere. Uh, I don't see. I, we just got to get through the pain, is my opinion, and I don't think China will be spared. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it'll be interesting to see this. And I, we talked about this for a second, but like they're entrenching themselves right now with Russia, and they haven't made a, a, a full-on play to move towards Russian thinking or supporting them in the war. Which, if they do that from a monetary standpoint or a troop standpoint, that will be economic disaster is an yeah. understatement as to what that will be for the Chinese economy. What's the, the difference between what's going on with Russia and China is that China is a massive export economy, Correct. whereas Russia is not as much of an export economy. Yes, they export energy. Correct. So when we cut the ties to them, that's an energy problem for them, which is 10% of their economy or something like that. But when you look at it from China's perspective, if we were to start to cut ties with them, and sanction them, that would be a massive, massive, massive hit because they are so reliant upon their export economy. Yeah, it. Uh, that's exactly why she won't do it. She will Correct. not. Uh, yeah, it, not happening. It would be economic suicide. Suicide. Yeah, yeah it would be. A, it would be a problem. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I love uh, love speaking with you and see what's going on. Again, where can people find you? Yep. Follow us at Life Goal Investments on Instagram. We're on all the platforms, but we're most constant on Instagram. So again, it's at Life Goal Investments. Awesome. Thanks, Taylor. You're the man, Michael. Thank you.